Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. This is a whole separate podcast altogether. This is the, the One Football Crime Podcast. Yeah, I once oh, once stole a phone in a bowling alley. You were joking. Drunk. You yeah, did no. not. <laughs> I did it because they were. I know Why they weren't. Steal a phone. They weren't yeah. really friendly and it wanted to punish no, them. No, no, but that I don't a know, mobile like, phone or like a, a one with a, a cord? phone that was in the wall. Oh, <laughs> I unplugged it and took oh, it with me. That's creative. Actually, it was a green oh, old green phone. It was in a hallway somewhere, so I took it. What happened though was. I was on the way out Mm -hmm. didn't know that a speaker system and they freaked the shit out of me because I saw it on camera immediately through the speaker were like Mm -hmm. and I kind of dropped the phone and ran off my friend used to steal things from behind bars yeah we used to like ice buckets was was he in a jail scene in German in a jail cell? Uh, no. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Ah, no. See? Mm-hmm. From behind bars. One, one step he learned out that from his time inside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Nico Hamer. Hey. Matt Froelich. Good afternoon. And Danny Isroff. How is it going? Podcast at OneFootball.com is where you want to send those emails if you have a few questions you think we could answer. Heather Cook from Ottawa did just that. Have you ever been to Ottawa, Danny? No, I, I don't have much experience in Canada, unfortunately. Okay. I would I, love to go. I'm, I'm planning maybe in the summer. That's okay. It. Well, she says, hey guys, I absolutely love listening to this show while I'm working or sitting on the bus. I've had these pictures in my head of what each of you look like based on your voices. And after watching the Insta Live, I am shocked. <laughs> in, in, Is this good or bad? Say, she, well, she puts an exclamation mark after the word oh. shocked. <laughs> then she says, I was so wrong. Now, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. That's all? There's not more? No, no there's no. more. She says, uh, I'd love to be able to put a face to more of you. Can you do some more okay. live videos? Okay, okay, okay. That would yeah. be super. Also, if I could get a shout out, that would be one of the most awesome things ever. Well, we've just done that, right? Well, we've made Heather's day. That's crazy. How I want to know what, 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 how she pictured us. That's it. The yeah, but, well, she, yeah, I mean, Matt and Nico, you can just go to YouTube and check oh, out yeah. their yeah, books. Myself and Danny, we're a bit more yeah. sort of yeah. under the radar. I must tell you, every time my friends have seen you for the first time on Instagram or something, I get a text like, that's what Ian McCord looks like. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have multiple, I can show you. What are they the expecting? I, I, maybe like a big, tough Irish guy. I got no idea. Oh, no. Uh, can yeah. we, oh, <laughs> no, that's not what you're getting. Can we Google Danny Isroff mugshot? And, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> let's sure let's take this few. off. Uh, <laughs> off <laughs> let's talk about it after the show. Yeah. So, well, thanks for getting in touch, Heather. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm shocked. I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know what's awesome? Transfers. Transfers are awesome. Are they? Yeah. Well, let me finish my intro <laughs> here, Nico. Sorry. But we weep like a child in a butcher shop because now the transfer window is firmly closed. But we can't talk about it. I mean, it just closed yesterday. So let's start on a positive note. I want to know who are the winners, players or clubs in the January transfer window? Who wants to kick this off? Matt. Wow. Oh, um... Who are the winners and losers? I think I think Chelsea, um, mainly based on the fact they actually did some business. I'm talking from a Premier League point of view, because it seems like no one else did. Uh, they bought in Pulisic um, for, I think, if you look to the future, a decent amount of money. It wasn't overly expensive, um, but more importantly, they held on to Hudson Odoi. I think that's more important. They wouldn't have put so much effort if he wasn't in their plans. I, I actually have a. I, I had Chelsea down as one of my losers. From yeah, the oh, really? Oh, I think okay. so, yeah, well, why, I think, would you, why would you have them down I, as your losers? I, I think that fee for Pulisic was too high. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's a guy who who he he has clearly great potential, but he can't get into the Dortmund team. He's not that young anymore. That you know, he's he's kind of 
phasing out of that 17 to 21 age that that players really develop in, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's a bit unproven kind of at that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then bringing in Iguain. Does anyone really in this room think Iguain is the answer no. to, to their problems? I mean, I love that man, but no, I agree. I wouldn't put down Chelsea as a winner, but my loser has to do with Chelsea would be Bayern Munich. Well, hold on, I want to know who your winner is first. We're going to get into <laughs> losers. It's, in a, it's a tough question. Um, I've, I've got a winner for you. Yeah, okay. I've got, I think Milan had a good. That's true. Market. Oh, I yeah. think bringing in uh, Paqueta and and Piatek, the early signs are from a, a couple games that I think they've they've, they've both mm. played that that those are going to be really good signings mm. and, and good value. Uh, for, for money down the line and uh, yeah they shipped out Iguain's <laughs> Paqueta looks brilliant yeah. so, so he's far, pulling yeah. rainbow flicks yeah. and everything yeah. in those he's games he's so much fun he's like yeah. immediately I had to think about Kaká at, at, at what, what do we think about Dennis Suarez going to Arsenal great story this they confirm it on the Wednesday delete the story then confirm it on the yeah. Thursday yeah. I like the transfer I don't know it's unbelievable because yeah. Yeah. He, he was pretty much a flop at so. Barcelona no? I wouldn't say flop he just didn't really sort of get his chance it's always difficult to break into the first team but the fact that they loaned him out and kept him and then I think they even bought him back after selling him to Villarreal shows you that he's got something about him look if you're signing a player from the Barcelona first team you've got to be excited unless you're someone on Barca's level no disrespect to Arsenal but unless you're yeah unless you're someone on Barca's level you should be hyped that you, you signed a you know a top quality player and on a loan as well so if he does flop But the deal is... Oh, you mean like it's a, it's a safety thing? You yeah. don't even have to worry about it. If he's rubbish, you get rid of him. Yeah. If he's good, great. Yeah, go. and if he's good... And I, I fully expect him to be good. I mean, yeah, you don't... I'm just not... Yeah, again, I'm not long. convinced he's that much of an upgrade on what they already have. I think I think to the the truth is I mean we say it about Arsenal every year for the past they they need mm. to spend proper money bring in proper players who are above the level of the players they currently have and mm. I'm just not sure if Dennis I, I just don't is, think that was a possibility though, is, this transfer yeah, yeah. though that yeah. was the thing they seem reluctant but that's but what I, they have why don't the Arsnal have money I don't get this they're and, one of the richest clubs in the world they have you know, money, you know right? the Stan Kroenke also owns the LA Rams and they're in the Super Bowl oh like, I, I, Clearly has no issues spending money there in that's LA. True. Yeah. They actually spend a lot this year, but that's a different topic. I heard what, can I just mention my one fun fact about this Super Bowl uh, final? Not yeah. that they, what, is, what was your chicken nugget fact? Over one billion chicken wings are eaten across America during the, the Super Bowl. Wings, yeah. Well, not, Super not Bowl nuggets. Sunday, like yeah. the whole day. I mean, imagine how many nuggets are eaten then, because it's easier to eat a nugget than a wing. Yeah, but people eat wings. <laughs> it's <laughs> wings, man. Uh, wings, yeah, it's a tradition. No, but like wings, wings like you're getting your hands dirty, it's all over your face. Nuggets, I'm dipping, it's great. <laughs> All right, you're a Nuggets guy. So I'm what was your fact? I'm nuggets. a Nuggets guy. Was that a fact? Oh. No, that wasn't a fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's not interesting. I, Ian McCourt, I'm a Nuggets guy. <laughs> um, so who was in the what are, what are basically the semifinals? The Patriots and Kansas? Kansas City Chiefs. And mm. it was the Rams and um, New Orleans. Yes. Because yeah, they had that, that right. pass Very interference nice. yes. thing, yeah. right? More people in the... I guess it's the LA area, watch the Patriots game than watch the Rams game. Yeah, because you know the Rams... They oh. they moved recently to LA from the, they were in St Louis before yeah. actually they, they two don't, seasons ago they, they don't get a lot of fans in the stadium it's like oh. it's crazy because LA I thought this would be a fun fact nobody seems funded by LA it. had no had no uh, NFL team for years now they have two and nobody cares yeah well, who's yeah. the second one it's, uh, Chargers the Chargers yeah. moved from the San Diego yeah. anyways maybe we should turn this into an NFL podcast. <laughs> we I'm could talking about Arsenal real quick so first of mm-hmm. all I think they still have money right I don't know why they're not spending it I like the Suarez transfer but still though Arsenal 
Arsenal is, in, excuse my French, is still kind of a clusterfuck, that, that squad. I don't know, man. Mm. It just feels like, it doesn't really feel like a midfielder was exactly what they needed, right? Yeah, there was, uh, as soon as the signing came out, I just saw all over social media, it's great, still not a defender. Yeah. Someone, mm. there was a great tweet, someone said, can you imagine Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil, Suarez, Anawobi all standing there with their hands on their hips as, the, as they've conceded yet again? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, it's so we, true. <laughs> we, did the, we did the video in January. Yeah. And we were talking about um, what Arsenal need, or at least mm. I was talking about what Arsenal need, as quite clearly defenders. Yeah. Half their defence is off on the sick bed. And now last week, Mustafi did his knee or playing against Manchester United. That's yeah, another one. For yeah, another one bites the dust it just, there. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Batshuayi to Palace? A winning deal? Yeah. Yes. I think Palace can't really lose on a deal. It's... But it's probably Batshuayi's last rate shot in European football, right? I mean... Oh, that's interesting. I do think, think so. I don't... Like, the Valencia stint was anything but good. Dortmund wasn't willing to pay a lot of money for him, and they had the money to, to do it. Chelsea has clearly no interest in him whatsoever. I mean, yeah. it's crazy they didn't even consider him. I mean, they were desperately looking for a striker, and Batshuayi was never an option. So I just feel like... I, I don't know anything here, but it just feels like... Maybe he's not his character I issues. I can't understand why anybody would choose Higuain over Batshuayi. I, I, well, I it's can't sad. get it at all. Yeah, but no. maybe that's just. But me. I think it's a, it's a really good deal for for Crystal Palace. For Palace, yeah. No. For Palace, it's an excellent deal. Yeah. Do you want to know who my winners of the transfer window are? Yeah, Manchester United. They got rid of Fellaini. No, but have, <laughs> have, have they officially now? Well, I mean, I think so. he was yeah, pictured well, in the, the airport. The Chinese windows open until yeah. the end of February. Yeah, that's true. So when would they get rid of him? I and I know that and San Martial to a, and San Martial to that a is the most important. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. But I and I, I'm trying. I'm a little, being a little bit flippant by saying that they won. But I think he sort of signifies yes, a very a, a very particular error in Manchester United history, where launch it up to the big man. He controls it on his chest. This is terrible football, and he's gone. They no longer have that option now. And it feels like Manchester United are going to, are, are getting back to what they really are as a club. Yeah. And that him gone is a real, real sign of that. That I agree with you. And I've maintained for years that Fellaini actually robs a living as a footballer. He cannot receive a ball. He cannot <laughs> really? pass a ball. Oh, he cannot bad. run with the ball. He can't even defend. Have you noticed that even aerial duels, like he wins the ones in the box and whatever, but, but he's not like aggressive in midfield. Yeah. Like he's aggressive in the box and like whatever. But mm-hmm. he can't, he doesn't really like challenge for stuff properly. He's not athletic in any like. Yeah, I just I'm did you mention his first touch? Did I mention his first? Yeah, oh, I mentioned. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've named a couple of winners. Danny has named his loser in Chelsea. Uh, you two, where, where are you going for with your losers? Bayern. Bayern Munich. Oh yeah. Clear losers. Go on. Clear losers. I mean, look, the first half of the Bundesliga season, Bayern was not nearly as good as expected. They were desperately trying to get in people. Callum Hudson Odoi, first of all, Hernandez from Atletico, and they openly communicated that, which is like shows their self-esteem in the transfers in the transfer window. They were like, yeah, oh, we're gonna get them. But also an, an odd decision to do because it drives up the price. Super odd decision. That mm. is the next thing. The Hasan Salihamidzic, the, the, the sporting director, um, it's his first let's say a situation where he's under pressure to do deals and he just couldn't pull it off he couldn't pull it off and um, the Chelsea the Callum hudson Odoi deal like, probably they could have gotten him for like 60 million or something in the end but then they were like no we're not going to pay that and now they kind of tried to play it down a little uh, in the press conference yesterday <laughs> it was like no we don't need anybody like, we, we got our man like they even they, they got 
They got an 18-year-old Canadian who has never played on European level and sold Sandro Wagner. So they actually made a transfer minus that transfer window, minus 5 million euros for basically not bringing in anybody after a horrible first of the season. So Bayern, for me, clear losers. Okay, that's strong words right there, isn't it? <laughs> no, I just feel like they should have done more and they couldn't do it. Matt, loser? Um, we'll talk about this later on, but it has to be Spurs. <laughs> yes, again. I was waiting. I didn't want to be the one to yeah, pick it up. Yes, again. You can't lose there. if you don't compete, though. Yeah, that's true. If you never start the race, you're not coming last. Um, just, especially... It, it, if everyone had still been fit, it still would have been a bad transfer window for Spurs not signing. But, you know, losing Ali and Kane to, to extend... Explain this to me. Why are they shipping players out when the squad is clearly thin? clearly injured yeah. instead of bringing in reinforcements it, I just cannot understand uh, this I might mean, be the first time I've seen Matt a bit speechless yeah, huh? yeah well I mean I'm, I'm not overly sure I can comment on all the policies that they're given but especially from what Pochettino has been saying there is much more to a signing for him than just a football player right so it's someone like, who, it's, who who can't necessarily win trophies but can no, uh, <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's a personnel thing and you're seeing it that even if all strikers are injured, Vincent Janssen won't even get a squad number. Yeah. For whatever reason, he is just not the guy that they need. Same thing with Kevin Nkudu, right? He started last game, or started the cup game against Crystal Palace at the weekend. Uh, he's now on loan at Monaco. Hmm. Uh, just, even Kaziah Sterling, who came on, the youngster, um, has gone on loan as well. They just, if players aren't the right fit, he's not going to bring them in for the sake of it. Like, what was, I, I didn't really follow it so closely, hmm. but what was wrong with Musa Dembele? I think he's a fine player. Uh, unbelievable player. Injury. One of I think the best I've ever seen. It? However, yeah, for a, for a 31-year-old to just be injured and sit there and lose him for free in the summer, you might as well just take a bit of money now. I guess. Get yeah. the money now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not happy with that. Yeah, yeah, what about neither. Batua? They were interested, right? And then Chelsea so basically turned it down? So they offered, from what I read, they offered way more. Um, Chelsea said to Crystal Palace, take him on loan for two million. To West Ham, take him on loan for four million. And to Spurs, take him on loan for eight million or ten million. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yeah, if he's your biggest rival, yeah, you're not going to give course, him a good striker easily. But Spurs no. were just like, no. Okay. So, <laughs> well, fair enough. We got your rent. We does, yeah. does Boateng to Barcelona remain the biggest surprise of the entire transfer window? I guess so. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm just still madly in love with that man, and <laughs> I'm so happy for him. So yeah. it's the best deal in it's nice. probably in the history of football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too big. But uh, who do we think will prove to be the best bargain? Ooh, I had one. Deal. You had one. Okay. Yeah. So I think I have two actually. One is I think Balotelli on a free to Marseille is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah from Marseille. He scored in the yeah. first goal. In the yeah, first yeah, game. yeah, yeah, you yeah. Lost. And and then got in a fight with the referee. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's kind of. I mean, clearly, a, a player who should at least theoretically be in his prime. Who over the past couple of years, let's say, has shown shown certainly glimpses of reaching that level that he was at as a as a youngster. Obviously, you have the whole Balotelli circus that comes along with it. But mm-hmm. on a free transfer. Why not? Yeah. Might as well. Um, the second one is a, probably a bit more niche, but there was this uh, Tyler Adams, the 19-year-old uh, American midfielder who went from New York Red Bulls to Leipzig, and the fee was reported to be anything from nothing because it's all yeah. Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, to mm-hmm. like a few million euros, maybe so like Leipzig is officially like cu- communicating two million euros yeah. now. So something like that. He he started, uh, I think, the last game for Leipzig, and it, and uh, I've followed him pretty closely. Obviously, young young American player for the past few years. Uh, I think he, he has real potential to be an incredible defensive 
player, a defensive midfield player for, for many years to come. And if you can buy a, a, a starting Bundesliga midfielder on a relatively top team for something between zero and two million that's euros, crazy. who's 19, who you can sell on in the future, that's an incredible deal. Incredible. Nobody's mentioned Ryan Babel. <laughs> Fulham. Very oh, red right. hair. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. Mm. Fulham also tried to bring in that uh, fullback from Bordeaux. <laughs> Which didn't happen in the end because Bedou wouldn't pick up the phone for four hours. Oh, really? You heard that? No, I didn't. I missed that one. So basically, like, let me look up his name real quick. Um, well, while you're while, while you're looking that up, I, yeah. I'll, I have a question for Danny. Um, Miguel Almiron. Yeah. From Atlanta, and Newcastle yeah. finally broke their transfer record. Yeah, which has stood for a while since Michael Owen. Fourteen years. Yeah, exactly. everyone's spending Ooh. hundreds of million. But it's, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite funny to me. I mean, uh, it might be quite funny to Newcastle fans that they finally break the transfer record, and it's on an MLS player. <laughs> I love it. But uh, so I think it's probably fair price for him. Uh, I think for Atlanta, it's great. They they make a nice profit. Mm. Uh, I'm worried if the Premier League wasn't necessarily the league for him to come to, but I, I think there's some stylistic, let's call them similarities between MLS and the, the, the Do you Premier think League. There should have been a step in between MLS to Premier League. Bundes- not, to not, Europe not, first. So, so for 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 <laughs> some players, I think so. Yeah. Uh, for certain young players, but but he's really just got so much quality. I think anything below Newcastle. I actually think for him, it's the right move. It's the right level. I think anything mm. below Newcastle would have been, you know, he would have been moving on again in another. Six months. Mm, he would have been relegated. He's, he's, he's so. too good. Yeah. Well, there you are. Um, but I'm really hoping he'll he'll do well and justify his I w- transfer. Fee. I will say 20 million seems like nothing, but it's the MLS record for the most ever yeah, paid, yeah. ever mm. sold yeah. in the MLS. We're going to see more of that though. Expensive they've, they've, players coming from the MLS. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. Did you find your board? Yeah. Player? So the story is it's uh, Yusuf Sabali. He's a right back from uh, from Girondi Bordeaux. I think that's how they're called. And um, he, had, he had a release clause, 14 million euros. And Fulham was willing to pay that. He traveled. Uh, he traveled there. He did his medical, um, and then it was four hours before the deadline. And they were basically just trying to call Bordeaux, saying, "Yeah, we all fine now. S- send it over. We sign it." And they didn't answer the phone for four hours. So now they're thinking about suing Girondeau Bordeaux. Wow! Because this, obviously they can, you can't the, do that. The amount of patience you would have to have to ignore a phone for four, four hours. This, this, well, they clearly this, wanted to keep the player. Yeah. The exact same thing happened last night as well at Swansea in Leeds. Yeah, with Daniel James. Oh, yeah, that looked like that should have gone through. The That's Swansea true. winger yeah, was yeah. sat in Leeds Hospital having done his medical, and Swansea didn't answer the phone until the transfer deadline went. And I read <laughs> German media reports that Vincent Janssen was on the way to Schalke 04, and they actually agreed on a deal, and then there was no time for the medical because the German window closes earlier than the English one. Yes, and I also read that Levy wanted a bit more money from the loan. Ah. Uh-huh. Classic. Very yeah. interesting. We are like we're like gossip girls, <laughs> just spreading the rumors. None of this could be true. We None of this could be. Yeah, yeah. But look, let's let's move on from transfer for now. Just before the window slammed shut, the Premier League had a round of fixtures. Matt, you'd nothing better to do, so you were all over this. <laughs> now, in my original notes for the podcast, the next line I had written was, and it looks like we should just hand Liverpool the title. Because I was 100% sure they were going to beat... Or fool you. I, I'm right. I was 100% sure they were going to beat Leicester at home. And I was checking out the score online and I saw, okay, they're 1-0 up. Mm. And then I went back to watching that fire documentary. Um, <laughs> oh, me too. Right. Well, maybe we'll crowbar yeah. a bit of that in later. <laughs> and uh, then I went back and all of a sudden it was one all. What the hell happened? 
I th- I think your um, reaction to an early goal was my reaction to an early goal was Liverpool's reaction to an early goal oh. and was Manchester City's reaction to an early goal on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the world, after seeing Aguero score after 26 seconds or Mane after three minutes, I think it was, would have just switched over. Yeah, done and dusted. Early goal, few more. See you later. And I think to an extent that's maybe what happened with the players. I don't think that. Their focus would have been completely right. Having said that, these things happen in football. You can't win every game. They are a complete um, exception, a complete anomaly in what's been fantastic seasons. So you don't get the sense that it was sort of nerves or the players getting worried and, you know, once Maguire had (coughs) had equalised that they didn't start panicking or anything Yeah, I I think in, in a game situation, yes. I mean, Maguire should have been sent off. Right for, yeah. for for the tug back on um was it Cater? It might have been. Oh no, that was the penalty decision. The penalty was on Cater. Yeah, Maguire should have been sent off. He didn't. He equalised. They should have had a penalty in the second half. Um, these kind of pieces on the night may frustrate a player, and it's difficult, and you get a bit wound up. In the realm of things, mm-hmm. it's not a you know pressure from Man City losing or anything like that. I you know as I said before, it just so happened they didn't find the back of the net. You know, like they could have done, as you say, with a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think it's it's sort of panic stations. You know, oh, okay. cop out and all this stuff. I think that's no, a no. bit of a that's a, it's a bit too knee jerk. Yeah, uh, so, still five points clear. So you, if a Liverpool fan mm. were to ring you up now and say, Matt, give me some advice to make me feel better, you would tell them not to panic. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, you're still five points clear. I mean, and I think on the flip side for Manchester mm-hmm. City, it's far worse. You know, they've, oh. they've but got... we're going to talk about them in a second. Oh, okay. I think Sorry, yeah. I do have two more questions. Yes, go on. The, isn't that like the, like, especially in the Premier League, isn't that time of the year like the hardest time? Because you, just after the the winter, there is no winter break in England, obviously. So you got still, you're ready to go for Champions League. These teams are looking for the Champions League, right? And you just you can just see that there's lacking a bit of love, like intensity and. Concentration. I would say in Liverpool's favour, they're out of both cups. Yeah. Domestic cups. Domestic cups, sorry. Yeah. So they yeah. can they can afford a little bit of a break uh, now and then, whereas Manchester City are still in all four. And they've got a crowbar in that extra fixture with Everton. and In midweek, uh, yeah. Yeah, in midweek along the way. Why was Jordan Henderson playing right back? Um, because they let Nathaniel Klein go, and unfortunately the, the injury to Alexander-Arnold kind of screwed them up. I can't think of a worse player to play right back than um, Jordan. Th- it's funny, I was actually discussing this last night. I feel that... Um, it's almost there is a, similarities in the defensive midfield position and the right back position in the fact you're you've still got to be strong at tackling right you're mm-hmm. you're winning the ball back and giving a short pass effectively uh, and I think you'll see there are a whole host of players where the right back position and the defensive midfield position are so similar that players switch between I mean in recent years I think of like Lahm and Joshua Kimmich mm. both of them at Bayern Munich so easily Fernandinho does it sometimes in Manchester City Chilly. even on the other side Fabian Delph goes into left back especially with the way that these guys play you either push into central midfield when the ball's on the other side which is complete norm which Henderson does um, and technically Henderson's a good player he's, he's not a right back and he never will be a great right back however the the obvious choice for a makeshift would be a defensive okay. midfielder tactics yeah. talk on the podcast yeah <laughs> this must be a first Bayern are testing Renato Sanchez in training as a, as a right back now you are joking no and I actually think that that could work out. Yeah. Wow! I mean, he's okay. he's like 
he's a bit too sloppy for mm-hmm. for the central midfield position. Mm. So I don't know. He's okay. a bit too sloppy for the right back position. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he's just very sloppy in general. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, and it was a penalty. Uh, yeah, it was a penalty. However, I did mention the other day after some less some more than questionable penalties for Mo Salah it was a little bit of calmness oh you think that they were sort of Atkinson was sort of evening it out a little Uh, bit or no I just think you know not not consciously but maybe subconsciously he knows Liverpool are getting a lot of penalties Uh, if it was Mo Salah I would have said yes but it it wasn't it was Cater's it it was a penalty the referee didn't see it these things happened but Matt has been rambling about Salah diving for basically for the last three weeks it's it's (laughs) Does he dive? Ridiculous. I'm not saying he completely dives, right? I'm just I saying the, the yeah, contact. I don't know if we needed to start that conversation. No, no, I'll just say very quickly, Sean Dyche made an excellent comment the other day after the, their draw with uh, Manchester United along the lines of, I don't understand how a player gets tapped on the shoulder and his legs stop working. Well, yeah, makes no I, sense I think it's a, it's a bit of an oversimplification, but I really don't want to do the whole diving uh, discussion. Now, it's so too complicated to get it right now. We've got to talk about Manchester yeah. City. So, mm. All right. with Newcastle, the club is a mess. <clears throat> the fans are unhappy. The owner doesn't care. There's talk of the manager leaving, and yet they go and beat Manchester bloody City. Yeah, I know. I, I this was, was it, obviously. What, yeah, I'm wondering. Was it luck? Did they deserve it? They. Here's the thing: when Manchester City lose, it's invariably just the taking of chances as obviously is most times when you win a game Man City are never outplayed you look at their their losses this season they are just possession wise you know attacking wise shot wise they're always on top so you're not going to get to a point where Manchester City go we need a rethink of our football it just doesn't happen <laughs> they're, they're, what they're doing is so clearly right you know sometimes they miss their chances they're complacent I mean I looked at well this is this is something that I periods. wanted I wanted to bring up yeah are they actually is there a sense that this Manchester City team are a bit complacent uh, I don't think so I think uh, maybe lapses in concentration for certain periods of game yes I think overall complacency no um, otherwise they wouldn't still be fighting you know four competitions but, yeah. the, the other thing I was going to bring up is uh, I think with both of them dropping points they've been both Liverpool and, and City they've been performing at such a historically high mm. level this season mm. Teams are are full of humans. Of course, they're exactly. going to drop this points at some I mean. point, yeah. and, and it doesn't mean that when when it does happen that they drop points, that that we should question everything and oh, are they good enough? These are two of the best teams in the history of the Premier League, mm-hmm. and they're they're both playing exceptionally well. And it's going to happen that occasionally, you know, they're going to draw games or, or yeah, lose games. This is exactly what I mean. It's just yeah. it's one of the things that happens. As I say, they switched off. They were a bit rattled. Fernandinho, you know, with a mistake for the penalty. You know, a mistake's a mistake. There's no pre-planning for that. Suddenly he goes the other way, clears the ball, you know, it finishes one all or they win 2-1. Yeah, exactly. And exactly, exactly. You, these isolated incidences really don't make up for the rest of the game. Okay, so the games you would suggest, and at least you two would seem to suggest that, these games don't tell us too much about the rest of the title race. No. I think the only thing they tell us is exactly that, that they're human, that, mm. that both teams will hit their bumps in the road at, at, at a certain point from now till the end of the season. And for me, it's basically about which team hits fewer bumps, which, yeah. which team exactly. draw, lets their guard down. It's not the overall times. picture. Yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> Uh, so Matt you are a Spurs fan yes Maurizio Pochettino had some interesting quotes and I'd actually be interested to hear what you Danny and Nico have to say about this uh, he said 
I mean, I can't even believe this. Again, we're going to have to debate whether a trophy will take the club to the next level. I don't agree with it. It only builds your ego. The most important thing for Tottenham right now is to always be in the top four. <laughs> yeah. Only builds your ego. Come on. I mean, it's what everyone's in the sport for. So what ego or trophies? Uh, trophies. trophies. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah we play this game to win. We want to, our teams to, to, to win. Split trophies. Having said that. Uh oh. You oh, can man. and and uh, you, you, I know you're going to be like, oh, it's difficult Tottenham winning trophies, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This was the exact thing that kept Arsenal alive when they moved stadium. Was finishing in the top four. For yeah, the but money. the fans hated it. Yeah, unless they the, were annoyed. The, about it. And, and you know, I obviously speak to and hear from those Spurs fans. So go on, Danny. No, I was just going to ask you one question. Would you would you rather? win one trophy and finish outside the top four for the next mm. couple of seasons or finish fourth every season for the next couple of seasons let's say three seasons yeah one major yeah. Ma- major trophy yeah or and, yeah exactly given the choice um fourth yeah top really oh, interesting and you know why Matt, you know why because on. a few days ago we talked about that and like you're trying to to cheat yourself there by by doing the math and he calculated how much money you get for finishing top four there's the more to money than money. Than okay, money. okay you're right what are you going to tell your grandkids about yeah, all those years oh, when okay, Spurs finished go. fourth yeah. or, or that, I, I, that, that one year when okay, Spurs okay, won okay. the FA so great so Arsene Wenger was sacked amid absolute disgrace he won three FA Cups in four years and no one gave a shit right that's true Spurs can't even afford to sign a player now so what makes you you think winning eight million for winning the FA Cup is going to help with the signing? It's not about the it's money, about the though. Money. That's the point. No, it's about but the trophy. It is, is at the time, and beyond all that, beyond, and I know you understand the trophy. Yeah. For me, at this point, Spurs have got an unbelievable squad with an unbelievable manager and they are 110% leaving if Spurs come out of the Champions League. That is a fact. You sit there in pre-season and you bring Harry Kane into your office and you say, hey, mate, we've got Europa League this season. Have fun. Or do you remember that League Cup we won last year? Guess what? The League Cup gets us in the Europa League. Yes. And then Real Madrid, Barca, whoever come in and say, oi, Harry, Champions League. And he says, see ya. Harry, Same thing with Pochettino. Harry Same Redknapp has won more trophies at Spurs than Pochettino. Yeah, you just said that. Really? Didn't win any. Didn't he win the FA Cup with them? Or the, the League Cup? No, that was Juan de Ramos. Oh, Juan de Ramos, uh, damn it. You just said it's not the time yet. But when is the time then? No, don't get me wrong, the time. And everyone's saying you've got to choose between the two. Why can't we be ambitious and go for both? Completely agree. Yes, of you course, can. But apparently your coach doesn't want to. Of course you can be ambitious and go for both. When you've got a chairman who... I get it's incredibly frustrating who is prioritising the finances of a new stadium, right, which could cost up to a billion pounds. Don't get me wrong, it's a complete ball. Like, as a Spurs fan, I'd love us to finish in the top four with a trophy. And yeah, of course, every Spurs fan would. But think about it realistically, and we know what players are like these days, right? If a big club comes in for Pochettino, as I said, Kane, Ali, Son, Ericsson, offers them Champions League football when we haven't got it, offers to double their wage where we can't afford it because we've got eight million from winning the FA Cup, and they go then what then we can then we, then we can't even talk about top 6 let alone top 10 Tottenham have a wage bill equal to 44% of Manchester City's exactly exactly good That's, business so how exactly so how are, how football, are we yeah. going to break the bank Right to bring in a new player when we've got the option Europa League. Do you think a new signing? Nobody talks about breaking the bank. Not about breaking the bank. It's just I offering what they can. For example, players come and go. Yeah, the 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 records of winning trophies will always stay. To me, I I completely see. I completely Mm. see your point that you've got to think business minded better whatsoever. But to me, it's sport, and sport is about winning and winning trophies. And uh, to 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 disregard that, and I'm not not saying the way Arsenal, but the way. 
some Arsenal fans were like, oh, so whatever, it's an FA Cup and it didn't say Wenger. Yeah. I just think that's that's worth more than saying, oh, Absolutely. You finishing want, fourth is such a shitty mentality. You want something to change your letterhead, you know? The letterhead yeah. that says like no, four times. Also, you want, as fans, you want those moments, right? You right. want to go out go out the, the night after winning a trophy, mm. after seeing your team win a trophy and celebrate with all your friends. You don't like go out the night after qualifying for the Champions League. And, <laughs> and, uh, I just part. think, look, look, okay, for the rest of the season, obviously you're out of the cup, so finishing fourth yeah. is a must. Um, you could win the Champions League. Going forward, I'd rather... If you're saying, would I rather win a trophy and then focus on finishing top four, I'd do it the other way around. Okay. So you consolidate top four and you have enough okay. money with the Champions League to try and win a trophy. I mean, going bust for a trophy, you know, I'm sure Wigan fans are delighted they had their day back in 2013, <laughs> but they're now in League One or the Championship. Portsmouth too. How many seasons out of the top four would you take for winning a Champions League once? Okay, winning Champions League is different. Because <laughs> then you don't five. need to... F- five seasons? A, ten you seasons? Take, you take five for a Are you taking ten? Four. For one cha- Champions League? Yeah, eight. Let's I say nine. Eight. It's a deal. Nine. Okay, <laughs> nine seasons. Okay. Champions League for nine years. Okay, and then there is Chelsea. On any other week, Bournemouth beating them 4-0 would actually be quite huge news. It seems to be buried a bit, but if I were a Chelsea fan, I'd actually be starting to get worried. Um, I'm just going to put this out here and you can obviously people have their say mm. this Sarri ball or whatever it is A is shit <laughs> and B would not be talked about if it didn't have a catchy name it's uh, like the best marketing scam of no, all time well, he did well no. at Napoli it yeah. sounds cool and all the English media are like oh Sarri ball I'm like just because it has a cool name doesn't mean no. it's a thing no, from no, what he, I've seen useless no if, if, if what he did at Napoli didn't have a name it would still have been amazing I mean those teams were amazing to watch they, they punched way above their weight yeah. he, he, he made a really special collective out of a collection of players who individually weren't necessarily that special and I, I think it, it the the fundamental thing I think I I still trust him as a good manager I really do I think he has he has good ideas he's I I've, yeah he's making some questionable decisions mm. lately but in in the long term to be able to 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 build a team I think he's got it what's his style then what's what is Chelsea's style apart from give the ball to Hazard and hope he does something good what is Chelsea's well, style this is a big uh, this is a big question for me because if they're I mean it looks like Hazard's going to go yeah that, that yeah, seems yeah. pretty much a given at this stage without him Oh. And, and once you shut down Jorginho in the centre of midfield, you're that's pretty much a one-dimensional team that are wedded to this four-three-three. All this tactics talk, yeah. uh, you know, and it's it's very hard to see to see what they're doing. Yeah, but this is what but, I mean, right? No, but I th- yeah, but I, I think you can't expect in half a season, yeah. with, you know, given the players that he had who who were a very different set of players than the one ones he he he'd worked with previously mm-hmm. in Italy. You can't expect that he's going to form them into his perfect fit I mean just mm. look at Pep right it took a little while it yeah. takes a while mm-hmm. especially for managers who have a, a very particular philosophy and a very particular style they need actually to, to start to bring in their own players and, and I get that and I just don't them. even see and I've, I've always said this always when it comes to football any sort of football if you're trying the right things or if you can see in evidence what they're trying is coming off and it's just not that's but, fine but here's, here's the thing mm-hmm. Ed, so I have some other thoughts about Chelsea yeah. but, but people are also forgetting they, they played really really well at the beginning of the season 
they, they had a really nice n- nice run to start mm-hmm. the season and it, it mm. seemed like it was all coming together early now Chelsea have had this thing over the past couple seasons let's say 5-6 where they've looked alternately like absolute champions mm. and like the circus see and, Antonio Conte for further details right or Mourinho <laughs> or, or any you know it's a, it's a, it's a pattern at Chelsea mm. and this this year it's, it appears to be happening within the course of a single season rather than over yeah, several seasons season. as yeah. it has previously but still that the fact that it's a pattern with three managers who we can debate but let's call them very good managers all of them uh suggest to me that something is wrong in the culture of the club or the players at the club that that is causing this to happen 100% I think as I was discussing this with a few football friends last night it's there's two things one is massive egos in the Chelsea team um, and secondly there are no leaders you know when when you're doing badly and you turn and you see Terry Lampard Drogba breathing down your neck Ivanovic Czech these guys now there's nothing you know you look at your defensive leaders and you see David Luiz going nuts get, you know being an absolute sort of clown on the pitch you know you look forward and if Hazard can't do anything well there's a lot of introverts in that dressing room as well yeah I think yeah the, the, I mean I think Hazard is quite is quite an introvert Kante is quite yes. an introvert yeah, yeah, yeah I, you, you don't see any of them sort of bearing all on the pitch and I not mean they're not giving the effort or they're not getting involved I just think there's that special kind of leadership quality within a team but but maybe that that's it got. then because I think one thing that leaders do do in teams is obviously it's easy for everyone to be you know sort of positive and everything when things are going well when but you're winning. The, the, the minute things start going bad what leaders can do is they can kind of regroup everyone and, and mm. turn things around it might be the case that in Chelsea when things start going badly which invariably they do even for good teams that I- instead of of, instead of having a group of leaders who push them back up, everything kind of spirals and turns mm, to shit. Exactly, yeah. and that, that we've seen it really quickly with 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 Mourinho and with Conte. And maybe once the manager starts losing some of the senior players, then they don't respond well. But there's, for me, I'm absolutely convinced there is something at the heart of that club that is wrong. Yeah, something is rotten in the state of Stamford Bridge. Yes, uh, some fans were chanting, "You don't know what you're doing," uh, at the manager and booing him as well. If they were to finish outside the top four, I mean. I'd have to say I find it hard to think that Roman Abramovich would say yeah carry on sorry yeah I think most clubs you'd probably get another chance but with with Abramovich he's he's known that, I mean look, if he fires FA Cup and uh, Premier League winning managers mm-hmm. and Sarri turns up with nothing outside the top four I can't do you know how many it. managerial appointments he has made since the summer of 2003 <sighs> I'm going to say eight I know including interims uh, I think so. I would guess, oh. including in terms, I would guess more like 11 or yeah. 12. 13. Oh. Yeah. That's I was pretty. trying to cheat and look it up, but it was too slow. Classic one football Some interesting things also about this game. Sarri was still in the dressing with his players 40 minutes after the full-time whistle. No coaching staff, no, nobody mm. like that, just him and the players. And apparently he was asking the players, uh, you know, what am I doing wrong? He's having a sort of existential crisis in Chelsea. Yeah, anyway. this isn't... Um, Talking of existential crises... Look good. Crises. Uh, what do we make of Gonzalo Higuain's uh, league debut? Any positives there for the fans? I'm trailing off one. Um, yeah, no, I, I think short and sweet, Gonzalo Higuain is a brilliant finisher. Um, doesn't offer much else around the game. And if the ball's not coming up to him, he's not going to have an effect on anything. No, so. and you just get the sense that he's he's been playing at the top level for, for since he was quite young. Mm. And you just get the sense that he's a 
kind of losing his step a bit and yeah. losing his shot. I just think if you can't get the ball to him six or seven yards out for him to finish, yeah, yeah he's just going to ghost and just not really see the game. Some stats from the night. Uh, shots, nil. Shots yeah. on target, nil. Chances created, nil. Headers, one, nil. Mauricio, um, I mean, Sarri said afterwards that Gonzalo is not in good shape. But I saw some interesting analytics actually now that I think about it running oh, yeah. around Twitter, which is basically, I think the point they were trying to illustrate was that Iguain used to really have the fitness and sharpness to make runs into that area that you're yeah. speaking about into into really deep into the box and that's where he's a killer obviously and this season at Milan he he was getting opportunities in those areas far at a far far uh, lesser rate than he yeah. had previously that kind of whether it's his fitness or sharpness or something he's not getting into those dangerous areas and without that he's never going to do anything for yeah. you okay as we say each week podcast at onefootball.com is the place to send any questions in or if you want to just tell us that you're shocked about how we look uh, <laughs> Jacob Lip wants to know who are your favourite players outside the top six teams in the Premier League? I got one. It's uh, Wilf Saha. So many. Oh, that's love, a very really, good love, one. Love, love watching him play. I just think mm-hmm. he's so explosive and at times one-on-one he's virtually undefendable and you even mm-hmm. see him making those runs where it's not one-on-one, it's like one-on-three mm-hmm. and, and he still gets through and I think what's improved about him in the last couple of years is he really takes more responsibility. He goes out and tries to mm-hmm. win games mm-hmm. virtually yeah. on his own. I love, he, I love seeing that. He's really matured as a player. I mean, it used to be that he would take too many touches after he would beat a defender and the defender would have more time to get back and... Uh, you know, get a chance to take the ball yeah. again. But now he's 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 learned that he's matured as an attacker. It's it's, it's lovely to see. Far more end product from him. He needs to yeah. be at a bigger club. Yeah. Manchester United would be, yeah. be good for him. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go for Ruben Neves at Wolves. Ooh, nice. he's yeah. an unbelievable player to yeah. watch. Actually, as well, and on the Palace hype, Wan Bissaka. Yes. <laughs> that right back is great great name too the okay. real deal honestly no no he is brilliant yeah. absolutely I was going to go for Leo Messi but uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we're a month away from the restart of the MLS season uh, Danny is the transfer window as big a deal in the States as it is here uh, no actually no one's ever heard of the transfer window <laughs> Oh God! Okay. No, yes, of course. I mean, I, I think it's what you said at the beginning of the podcast. What did you say? Transfers are awesome. Yeah, I said transfers. Yeah, whatever. Are awesome. Pe- people yeah. love people love transfers, and that's true as okay. true in uh, in the US as it is anywhere. And there's else. a draft. There is a draft. Uh, like you know, if people are familiar with other American sports, it, it works kind of like that. Except it used to be a big deal because it used to be the only way that you could get young players into the league. Uh, now, because of the the they've professionalized the academies and players can sign their own players and you have young players imported from elsewhere and all this other stuff it's become much much less important um, and now you even have some teams in the later rounds of the it's called the MLS Super Draft in the later rounds of the Super Draft just passing on their picks and not actually choosing anybody really right. so that's but is it college wait. kids that they're right so yeah. that's the thing now the only the group of players who are picked in that draft are uh, college kids but not just college kids college kids who who weren't part of a an MLS academy prior to going to college so it's a really oh, okay. it's a it's a player pool that's shrinking in terms of both quality and quantity and um, it's not that important that said just one thing you still do get occasional let's let, let's say diamonds in the rough uh, Jack Harrison who, who went to Man City, Man City yeah. and is now playing quite well at Leeds actually he's going to get promoted uh, was the number one pick in the super draft like three years ago or something like mm-hmm. that once their manager doesn't resign they'll get promoted yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, so one of the more interesting stories over this month 
or in the last couple of weeks has been the Atomic Ant yeah he's on his way out of Toronto yeah no official oh. official as of a, a, a couple of days took me some time ago. to realise who that is who, who that is yeah, that's, okay. uh, that's, that's yeah. Sebastian Jovinko who yeah. like has a really strong claim to be one of if not the best MLS player ever uh, given what, what, what he was able to do in Toronto mm-hmm. um, Toronto have sort of gone into rebuild mode they sold uh, Victor Vasquez a mm-hmm. Spanish guy to somewhere in the Middle East as well um, and now Jovinko uh, he had some interesting comments on the way out though oh I love this did you see his Instagram post I, I saw it didn't read it I, <laughs> yeah, at the same I heard yeah, that yeah, he was no, uh, firing the some management. shots yeah, yeah go for it yeah well basically he, he just absolutely slammed the club for kind of abandoning him he said he, he loved Toronto and he, his family loved Toronto and he wanted to stay and the, the, the Toronto um, upper management just decided that they wanted to kind of move on and they offered him some terms because it's Jovinko so you will do that but he said it was just a complete insult and uh, oh. he, he couldn't he just couldn't accept that and, and keep his dignity so off he goes to uh, Saudi Alina. Arabia where you can Alina. find lo- yeah. Yeah, lots, of, lots of is that dignity. where uh, Chavi was? No, no he's at um, Qatar, Al Saad no? in Qatar. I think. Wow. But there are more and more players going to Saudi Arabia. I, I, I just really want to say everybody should check Jovinko's MLS highlights because the goals oh, he scored there are yeah, absolutely incredible. unreal. Even just he the was, free kicks. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> I think he was it, just so much better than most of the players mm, that his goals in were In three unreal. seasons, he broke, or uh, I think it's been three seasons, he broke the MLS record for direct free kick, goals from direct so free kicks. So he's, he's only, what, 31, 32? 32. 32, and he kind of... I'm not going to say sacrifice because it's offensive to the MLS, but moved over there at an age where he should be looking to move to a big European team if he's... Yeah, no, but it was a, that, that was a big move career. at the time for MLS to get such a, let's call him high-profile player yeah. in, his prime. in his prime. And he really delivered. I mean, he won the title for Toronto and yeah. it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. And now they decided uh, enough and off he goes. A lot of Canadians off. You know, you know by the way, teams up with Swansea legend uh, Bavtemi Gomez. He's, he's, <laughs> Gomez. he's playing there. Really? So, yeah. Oh, good. It's a tagging duo there now. Well, uh, on fun. that very quickly, though... <laughs> Canada have just opened their professional football league. Yeah. Uh, A question I have. Well, maybe what's, uh, (laughs) maybe, um, give me a better name, Heather Cook. Maybe Heather can get in touch and let us know how the Canadian professional league is getting on. But without, obviously, you know, impact Whitecaps and and their Toronto. Oh, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, they just play in MLS. It's it's the same thing with, like, the other sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I got a question, like... (laughs) Jovinko, how much did he earn in the MLS at his he, best? He earned a lot. So he, uh, I think it was something like seven point something okay. million US per season, which wow. made him That's the good. highest paid, uh, as, as of, I don't know, two years ago, he was the highest paid Italian footballer in the world <laughs> by something like double. Nice. Yes. So higher than all the Serie A players, all, all that stuff. As he was paid a lot of money. eyebrows in the shock at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the more interesting stories that has caught my eyes is Gonzalo Martinez. Yeah. Moving from River Plate to Atlanta, right. this would have been unthinkable a couple of years no, ago. And, and no, I think it's completely amazing. It, what, what we're talking about here is the, the guy who was literally voted the, the best player in South America last season, best player in Argentina last season, led his team to the Libertadores title, uh, really the, the brightest young talent in, in, in South America. and in the not so distant past he would have been signing for like a Porto or a a Milan or something like that in Europe and now South American players see 
that their route to to the top can go through MLS. They, they've seen what Almiron has done and, and, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys. And they're, they're, I think that's a huge thing for the league, that MLS is really establishing itself as a development platform in the same way that maybe, I don't know, the Portuguese league might have been uh, considered. I think this is a massive, massive signing. So you're saying he went there for the game time. Like, surely there would have been offers on the table no, from Europe. I, I, think that there, I think there were absolutely offers from Europe. I think part of it's the, the, the game time, part of it's... Uh, the, the the platform that he feels he can really develop yeah. there. Part of it is obviously going to be financial and, and all these things. Mm. Um, but but he's seen the success and the profile that someone like Amiron can get playing there and, and he's thought, hmm, this is probably a good step for me. Atlanta have Frank amazing. DeBoer in charge. I was just yeah. going to say Yeah, it. they do. Yeah. It's in general, it's it's a cool team. They got like three German players. I'm thinking of becoming a fan oh, here. No. Oh, oh, no, joining, joining Ian. This is very interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto this in a moment, Nico, but I pick a new MLS team each each season yeah. two seasons ago I went for Atlanta nice they didn't win obviously <laughs> the, the the MLS Cup that season I changed last season to LAFC and Atlanta went and bloody won at the jerks yeah. LAFC would be my second choice actually so I like your, your yeah, picks here okay, I'm going. since I saw a video of the LFC fans traveling to Dortmund to learn how to become <laughs> old dress <laughs> they constantly refer to Borussia Dortmund as, as Borush Dortmund oh, which they're, cracked they're, me up so they're, <laughs> I'm they're just very a fan now. Okay. Uh, Wayne Rooney remember yeah. him he was asked about his aims for this season he's of course playing for DC United he said to win the title DC United can't win the title Danny no I don't think so they did really well after he came last season really they went from near the bottom mm. of the league to near the top of the league and he played very well I would argue they just don't have the players they're, they're, they're still not in the top echelon of teams in the league but the nice thing about MLS is as long as you make the playoffs and they've expanded it so now even more teams make the playoffs anything can happen in the playoffs so I love playoffs I never know I will say I saw today was great was the official Fox Sports Soccer Tackle of the Year actually oh, went God. to Wayne Rooney oh yeah great tackle well, which yeah. one yeah. 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 It, was, it was when he, he tracked back tackled yeah. and then got the assist yeah. unbelievable but great. the fact there's even like a Tackle of the Year award there's the just... award for everything it's America <laughs> yeah. I love it I love it uh, well, so one of the one of the things that yourself and Nico are quite interested to talk about is over the past few weeks and months this movement of young US and Canadian players to Germany what's happening there this is this is incredible because Bayern have signed at least 50 young players from America. Yeah. I, I, I think it's super interesting I think it speaks to a few things one is that uh, MLS and North America in general are, are now being seen as a place that can really develop players and where it's worth going and getting players from. I mean, the, the Pulisic, uh, let's mm-hmm. call that the Pulisic effect. Um, and you're getting more and more players. That Why specifically Germany, I think, is, is kind of interesting as well. I think the opposite is also true, that if you're a young player, you're now seeing Germany as the premier destination. And you see this with, with British kids as well. Yeah. You're seeing Germany as the premier destination destination where you can get game time even even uh, before you reach the the the, the first team uh, i think the youth team setup uh, and the reserve team setup in germany is as good as anywhere else in the world if you're a young player uh, so so i think it's yeah, i think it's really interesting and great for great for both both countries actually. Nico, not the first time America has invaded Germany. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. we had to go there. Yeah. I well, mean, went there. I think it was actually, wasn't it? I mean, maybe I'm a bit rusty. Wasn't it the Russians? Let's not get into the technicalities. Well, America came too, but yeah. Okay. Let's not get into technicalities yeah. of it. I mean, I guess this, is this being greeted with good news or has, has it been seen here in Germany? Yeah, no, it's great news. Um, Germany and the Bundesliga, they more and more come to the conclusion that 
we're not able to financially compete with the with the biggest leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. And even though like the bigger clubs especially try to like close their eyes and not accept that, it's just a fact. And um, so over the last years, the scouting system, and I would say the scouting system in the Bundesliga, if you look at all over the clubs, might be the best one in, in Europe. Um, and they discovered North America as, as an insane big talent pool and soccer is, is becoming bigger and bigger. It actually is now, right? It's actually becoming a thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they, they... And we just talked about South American players. They rather don't go to the Bundesliga as a more physical league. Um, so they have to, they have to find the talent any, anywhere in the world okay. yeah. so it's, it's basically about the availability of opportunities that's why they're doing it as but opposed I to going so, to an no, English but I club. think there's also something worth mentioning there, there are obviously uh, historic like US-Germany ties and there were yeah. the, these American players yeah. like Clint Mathis and um, Eric Winolda and even you know Landon Donovan Who so this has been happening for a while mm-hmm. uh, it's just now that it's more kids better kids and younger kids because you're getting a lot of Bayern actually so they signed Alfonso Davies mm-hmm. They signed this this defender Chris Richards from Dallas, who's who was on loan, on loan yeah. uh, and they made that permanent. He's been doing really nicely in the under 19s and then they signed another American, Ty- this kid Taylor Booth, yeah. uh, a 17, 18 year old kid mm-hmm. as well, uh, who they see and they see that they can be that little like Pulisic step, if you like, that that they can take players who who have a bit of ability at 15, 16, whatever it is, and use that that their expertise in that crucial 17 to 21 age range to turn them into really top players and either use them themselves or... And or obviously, but a club like Bayern is also interested in being bigger in the American market because German teams don't really play a role in that market uh, no. compared to Premier League clubs. So yeah, it's just a nice nice side effect you get. You get a great talent and you also might have the chance uh, to be bigger in the American market. So. Yeah. Jersey so, sales, all that just. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the final most important question for MLS this season. Who am I supporting, Danny? I think if you want to continue your trend of picking uh, expansion teams, new mm. teams, you've, you've got one choice, and that's FC Cincinnati. I, oh. I I don't like the look of their the squad they've put together. Mm-hmm. The, the manager's kind of inexperienced. He's never managed at this level before. So I don't think they're going to be very good. But the atmosphere there is incredible. They have lots of fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a big success off the field. Um, what color is their jersey? I, they're kind of blue and orange, if yeah, I the, remember. The, the, the logo blue is blue and orange. And orange. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah orange. I can see it. Yeah, that looks nice. Okay. Um, FC Cincinnati so, then yeah yeah they've got some nice, uh, yeah and, and then uh, probably you'll change teams next season and they'll win MLS next <laughs> so, congra- so congratulations <laughs> congratulations FC Cincinnati on your 2020 yes. winning of the cup <laughs> um, so Nico there's mm-hmm. one we haven't talked about well we mentioned him in passing Swagner Oh yeah, my old, boy's uncle, old Swagner. Swagner. Well, that it is, didn't we it didn't quite work out for him at Bayern, did no, it? No, it didn't. We tried to make Swagner thing uh, in our videos. Didn't really pick up, but we like the name. It's, it's perfect for him. It is. It is. Mm. Well, the thing is, with it didn't work out for him at Bayern. Is it never really was meant to work out that good. He oh. came there knowing Lewandowski is not going to leave, or probably not going to leave. He came there knowing he's never going to be the first option. What he didn't know though is that the new coach, Nico. Would actually rather play a winger up front than picking him. <laughs> so yeah, it just ended up not working out for him. Now he's going to China, five million for Bayern and seven point five million netto per year for Sandro Wagner, which basically means he's earning the same amount of money that Lewandowski earns for Bayern now in China. So good for him. There you are. Seven point five million. Seven point five million. Jeez. And the thing is, Sandro Wagner, like. 
we always underestimate how much he actually loves the FC Bayern. He's from the Bayern Youth Academy, and mm. wherever he went, if you asked him, what is your dream club? From no matter where he played, Duisburg, Hertha, Darmstadt, he always said, I want to go back to Bayern. At some Nobody point. says Darmstadt. Yeah, well, he played yeah, there. I don't think clubs would be so offended if he <laughs> said Bayern. No, no but, but while he played there, he always yeah. said, yeah, no, yeah. that's my team. Final, final word on transfers. Reese Oxford, Augsburg. What a, that's a great capture for them. It is a great capture. Um, if the situation would be different than Augsburg. Oh. Like, uh, obviously, it's always great to have a talent like that. Mm. But Augsburg, they are fighting relegation. Mm. And they're, they're in a tough fight there. Um, they actually haven't won for like 10 games or something like that. And they're losing Martin Hinteregger, who went to Eintracht Frankfurt after fighting with the coach. And as much as I, as I like the signing, I feel like they should have been brought in someone more experienced, you know? Mm. Okay. And Shinji, of course, has left Dortmund. Shinji left Dortmund. That was my favorite transfer when Hannover said we agreed terms with Kagawa. And it turned out they only agreed that he's not coming there. (laughs) (laughs) He's still a great player, though. He would have been been sick in Hannover. He made any team better. So now he's at Besiktas. Which, by the way, I can only recommend uh, reading a bit of Besiktas' uh, Twitter. Um, What did they call him? The Samurai of the Bosporus. Samurai of the Bosporus, obviously. (laughs) Because because half an hour before the end of the German transfer window, Mm. it actually looked like he would go to Hannover and not to Besiktas in the end. And... Besiktas Twitter went wild, like bizarre wild. And I only could Google translate it, which didn't really help, but it was fu- fun read. Okay, I'll, we'll, we'll go check that out then. Uh, that's all from us today. My thanks to Danny, Nico and Matt, whose name... I don't know why I stumbled over your name, but there you go. It's a complicated uh, one. It is. <laughs> all those letters. How many T's? Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, you can check out the back catalogue on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of those sort of places, wherever you get your podcast hit. And the address to get in touch, if you wish to do so, is podcast.onefootball.com. Football.com.